0: It is with great excitement that in 2021 we are blessed to have two new sponsors for the CT Startup Podcast. One of those sponsors is CT Next, an organization each one of our hosts, as well as many of our guests and listeners, have had the opportunity and pleasure of interacting with. I am going to let Glendalyn Thames, Deputy Commissioner of the DCD and founding Executive Director of CT Next, explain what CT Next does for early stage businesses here in Connecticut.
1: So what is CT Next? Our our mission um, fundamentally is really to equip early stage companies and entrepreneurs with resources, guidance, um, networks to accelerate their their growth um, and, and really creating an environment where our entrepreneurs can really start their business, grow their business and thrive in Connecticut and positioning Connecticut as the most desirable location in the country for an innovative company to build and grow and create jobs. And we do this, uh, you know, a few different ways, right? Um, One by, you know, really cultivating a network of public-private partnerships and really acting as a catalyst um, that supports entrepreneurs from ideation and growth to exits, Um, but then also, you know, providing direct funding to companies as well. So we have many programs um, that are non-dilutive capital to help accelerate kind of the early stages of growth of a company. Um, and then, you know, we we offer uh, other programming relative to, you know, again, building that that, in, that community infrastructure across our state. So if you think about, you know, incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces where that that dynamic knowledge sharing is happening and where kind of innovation actually starts and, and occurs.
0: For more information, please visit www.ctnext.com.
2: This is CT Startup, your
0: source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Welcome to CT Startup. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the CT Startup Podcast. We have another one for you in our series about the Hartford Innovation Places and all of the activities that are happening in, in and around the Hartford region. Uh, today, we got another one of our guest hosts, uh, Ojala Naim. Ojala, how are you doing?
3: Doing well. Thanks for having me again.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, um, on this podcast, we have somebody here that actually, I'm going to be getting schooled on it a little bit today because I've been seeing his name. I've been been interacting with him a little bit uh, over the years. He actually helped me out and uh, was uh, part of a startup weekend that I did last year. But we have uh, Stacey Brown, the founder of InsureTech Hartford. How are you doing, Stacey? I'm doing great. Thank you. So uh, so Stacey, tell us how you, uh, how you got into uh, founding InsureTech Hartford and uh, what are you guys doing in the Hartford region?
2: Sure. Uh, Well, it it was it was a thing that started just because I wanted to be a part of something. Right. So back in 2016, I guess it was, um, there was um, a lot of emergence in uh, insurance Technology uh, startups, right? Insure tech startups, and they were the, the, even the term insure tech was was not even really a thing back then, right? They they were calling it new tech, and there were startups involved, and it didn't really have a, a branding name. Uh, but I saw the trends starting to grow. Uh, you know, VCs were 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 having activity out in San Francisco, but then we started to see it overseas as well, where there was. You know, whether it was in London or Munich or Singapore, right, it started popping up all over. And, and it was really interesting to me. Um, so by day, I have a, a I work for, for a global carrier and um, I was, you know, in, seeing in the London area that they were having a lot of events focused around uh, insurance innovation. And there was nothing really going on in the Hartford area. And all I knew is I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to go to these things. I wanted to learn more about what was happening. And, and there was nothing happening in my, in my region. So um, I, I decided to start making something. So I went out looking around to see, hey, does, is anybody doing anything? And the answer was no. And, and so I started um, trying to think about how to launch it. The, the, the first challenge that I had was, I needed a place to have an event, right? So at the time, my thinking was, well, you know, maybe I can go to one of these restaurants and like set up in a back room somewhere and they'll do the catering. And it kind of just felt like it was going to cost me a thousand dollars to hope that people would show up. Right. And this was just coming out of my pocket. Right. And that was kind of, I mean, I wanted to have something, but I didn't want to spend a thousand dollars on it. Right. So I got really lucky one day because as I was building, um, talking to different people and, and and networking, trying to figure out how to get this thing started. I, I remember having a meeting with uh, Susan Winkler from CTIFS, and we met over at Blue State Coffee. And and she said, you know who you should talk to? You should talk to Shauna Slosberg. Um, and at that time, Shauna was just coming into town with Upward Hartford. Upward didn't even exist. Um, it was an idea in, in Shauna's mind. Actually, it was... I think it was originally called innovate Hartford. Um, And, and that's when uh, I said, all right, yeah, I'll go, I'll go talk to her. And I, and I met Shauna and I I just remember that, that first meeting and she said, well, you know, what do you want to do? And I was telling her like, I just want to have events. I want to get people together, talk about insurance technology stuff. And, um, and she said, well, that sounds great. What do you need to make that happen? And I said, well, I, I first thing is I need space. She's like, well, I got space, what else do you need, right? And that, that became the, that's how I got to meet Sean. I got to know her and, and, and ultimately it was that seed that she planted by giving us uh, the space in the, in the, in, in the early days that, that allowed us to get off the ground and start getting organized. So um, Tech Hartford really is uh, mainly focused on helping bring the, the local community of insurance professionals together to stay current on what's going on, especially nowadays, there's a lot going on with uh, uh, technology, uh, you know, changing and, and digital transformation and innovation, and 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 so there's a lot going on in the industry right now. And and so we're a forum for people to to learn about what's going on. Uh, but there's an engagement piece, right? Because especially now in COVID times, there's a ton of places to go and find information, whether it's podcasts like this or um, you know videos and, and and all kinds of online events. Um, but the engagement part is um, is 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 the thing that makes Insurtech Hartford uh, really special because we would do these in-person events and we would do these hackathons and we would do things where it involved people coming together and collaborating and creating new connections in ways that normally wouldn't have been happening. Like, you know, there's, a, for years, there's been an actuarial society and uh, the CPCU association and, and groups like that. They're all functionally siloed, right? But, you know, we came along and said, like, the only thing that we have in common is that we're insurance people and, and that um, we know technology is changing our industry. So it, it it we just started creating these events and people started coming out to them. Very so say two, cool.
3: w- what type of events do you do? I mean, you're talking about events bringing together community. Like, what does that look like? Is that networking? Is it like bringing in new companies? Is it just kind of saying, Hey, let's hang out and talk about what we're all doing within the industry.
2: Um, pretty question. So we actually do over the years, have done a lot of different things. Um, but I, I, I break down really into uh I guess three main things in our, what I'll call our portfolio. Right, one is networking. So we do at least four networking events a year, and um, we have different themes around those. So sometimes we do pitch nights, um, with the, and, and in a pitch night we'll we'll bring in startups, and some of those startups are local, um, and uh, more often those those startups are coming in. We've had. We've had uh, people coming from London and and Italy um, and from the West Coast as well. So we've been able to draw from a pretty broad audience uh, to get people to come into these events. Um, And so, uh, you know, startups come from all over. Uh, Our networking events are usually uh, a combination of uh, expert speakers doing a TED Talk style type of talk um, on something informational relevant to a theme that we're focused on for the night, uh, and then and then they'll usually end with a discussion panel. And all throughout, there's you know networking involved, and there's food and beverage, and 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 people generally enjoy it. Um, so, but our other so networking is one thing, but two other big events that we have one is. Uh, the InsureTech Hartford Innovation Challenge, which is actually happening at this time. And on June 17th, we'll we'll have the finals event where the the finalists will come in and present across uh, different categories. And uh, this year we're we're lucky to have uh, a number of local insurance carriers sponsoring the award categories, including Travelers and Hartford Steam Boiler and Beasley Insurance. Um, you know, as well as Amica, who's a who's a regional player. So, they're um, they're within our region, is what I should say. So they're um, you know they're all they're all stepping up to help sponsor and and put awards and prizes out there for the the most interesting uh, innovations. And 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 so we're looking for startups that are basically technology focused that have applicability to insurance or. Or or innovative insurance products and and so that award ceremony uh, final presentations and award ceremony will happen on June seventeenth. Um,
0: Very nice. And then there's there's
2: one there's one other thing. But um, no, did you have a, the other thing was our our symposium. So in 2019 we had our our first ever InsurTech Hartford symposium and that was. A smashing good time. And uh, in, in fact, it exceeded even my own expectations for it. You know, I'd, I had never like rented out the Marriott ballroom for, for two days. So I'd, I had no idea what was going to happen. And uh, and since the day that I started doing this InsureTech Hartford stuff, this has just kind of been how we operate. You know, we, we, we set our mind that we want to do something and each time it's a little bit bigger. And so what used to start out as um, little hackathons, are are like they were actually four-hour-long hackathons. We call them business plan hackathons. They are basically ide, ideation sessions. Um, we went from having little business plan hackathons with twenty people and some pizza on a Saturday, to now we're having a global innovation challenge, right? And we we used to have these little networking events where you know we'd have a speaker come in and and people standing around in this unfinished space on on the seventeenth floor in Twenty Church Street, to now we're you know, able to fill out the the, the Marriott ballroom, right? So, um, you know, we've been able to continuously keep growing and and and, and making things bigger and better, and um, and so really looking forward to being able to get back to live and in person events, and really looking forward to um, to the the event in um, in October 26 and 27 this year. But that innovation challenge event, that's going to be an online event. That's all digital. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, uh, by the time this, uh, this episode goes up, you know, I know Connecticut, I know, uh, Governor Lamont is rolling back some of the restrictions. So we'll see how things kind of happens out. I know I'm getting my, uh, my second vaccine, uh, the week that we're, we're doing this. So, um, so one thing I do want to point out, and it, it was, uh, you know, you kind of brought it up is that this is not your day job, right? You have a day job that you're, you're doing, you're in that corporate world, but you want to be a part of something. And so you, you, you decided to go start something in that, honestly, like when it comes to startup ecosystems, that's how they grow, right? Somebody just raised their own hand. They picked themselves and said, you know what? I'm going to go create the, the thing that I want to see uh, that I would, I would go, d- go to, right? Like uh, there's a, this event that I want to go to, but it doesn't exist. So I'm going to go create it. So one, thank you for doing that. Right. Putting, put, yeah. I assume that you uh uh spent, you know, extracurricular hours. You could be doing something else uh, after your full-time job, but you, you did this. So, Going, you know, when you took that leap, right? What are some of the unexpected kind of outcomes that you would never have thought of, uh, kind of uh, coming come into fruition? Now that you uh, have done it,
2: well, I I guess for one thing, you know, it was over four years ago now, and I wouldn't have imagined that I'd still be doing it right now, <laughs> and that it would have become a thing and it would have grown. Um, I, I I think a lot of positive stuff has, has happened. And like doors seem to, um, continuously naturally open. Um, it's a lot of work and it's been a lot of, uh, continuous effort to, to make it grow. It doesn't, these events don't run themselves. People don't show up, um, without being marketed to and things of that sort. So it takes a lot of work. I, I actually tell people I, I have two full-time jobs really, <laughs> Um, but I'm in a position in life where I can do that. One of the one of the harder challenges I think was realizing that I had to figure out how to maintain balance between these two worlds. Right. So you know, I do have a full time job, and my employer's concerns were, how are you going to be able to maintain your responsibilities when you're doing stuff like this on the side? Right. Um, they weren't so worried about conflicts as they were worried about conflicts for my time and, and my, and my energy. Um, so, you know, the fact that I'm still doing it four years later, um, I think is a good sign that I've been, I've been able to balance it. Mm -hmm.
0: Have they seen almost that this has given you more energy for your day job? Like you're almost like more, you know, you're like, let me just go get that done. We'll get that over with so I can go do my, you know, my, my other fun stuff. Um,
2: what i'd say is it's actually helped me in my day job so i've evolved my my role a bit and now i'm actually um part of the innovation function in my organization where before i was more um, on the i.t operational side of the house Um, i mean we did a lot of project work too actually Kind of was all over the place <laughs> uh, with the types of work that I that I that I was doing, but now I, I get to focus on on innovation, and that that was something that I that I really wanted to do. So, um, it's it's actually helped me, and I think I bring benefits to my employer through it. So, you know, my employer has a venture capital fund, and I've been able to make introductions there. Um, my my employer is looking for innovation solutions, innovative solutions at times and I can make introductions there. We're looking for new data sources. I make introductions there, right? It's, I, I've, I've been able to grow um, th- the network has grown so much that I, I think that's one of the big things that I was not expecting or wasn't you know had didn't have on my radar was that there would be this this large network of, of people in every function of the of the industry. Uh, in, in every angle of, of, of tech, whether it's the venture capital firms, the, um, the, the regulatory side uh, house where I've actually been plugged in and engaged in supporting the Department of Insurance on, on various initiatives. I mean, these are all things that, you know, I've been in the industry for 20 years now. For the first 15 years, I never thought anything about and and now now there's this this, this whole network of uh of, of it flying around in Hartford and um and I could I could tap it and and it's actually grown beyond Hartford though and um, I'll wait for you to ask me any questions about how the pandemic has affected me but I'll think
3: take... <laughs> it's really interesting that you just mentioned you know it's it's grown beyond Hartford because one of my kind of next questions was around that right so like how has uncharted Hartford um Brought sort of national recognition of the insurance activity in Hartford, right? I mean, you mentioned Susan Winkler earlier. She will um, scold us for not saying that uh, Hartford is the insurance capital of the world. Um, and I think the activities that we see coming out of initiatives like InsureTech Hartford are helping really drive that message. So, so what have you seen in terms of engagement beyond? border right uh engagement with more folks at different national um organizations or people coming to hartford from all over the country to say hey we recognize that there's some cool activity and we want to be a part of it
2: i mean you know definitely we've seen that and uh as i mentioned you know we've we've been able to bring in speakers from uh, international speakers from you know from europe and stuff to, to to our events and uh, I think that was evidence um, right there. Uh, but I, I was able to connect InsurTech Hartford to the Global InsurTech Alliance. So that was something that we did back in, I want to say it was 2019 um, when it became official. And the Global InsurTech Alliance is a, is a group of about 15 different uh, similar organizations. Um, they, they all have different motivations and different backgrounds but it all comes down to building a a, a community around Insurtech tech and um so you know the, the the guy in the guys in london kind of kind of started this um with uh with uh, with a group in australia and uh and then other people have just been coming on board over the years but um you know i've been able to build i like i've i've literally had had breakfast in London with the founder of Instech London, and uh, I had lunch in Singapore with the the founder of Insuretech Asia, right? And and so you know we've uh, you know when we go to you know major national conferences and international conferences, actually we we got invited to um, uh, DIA Amsterdam in 2019, and so a couple of us went out there to to that event. Um, and and when we go to like the large you know, events in, in Vegas and stuff, you know that's when I, I I I've been able to make connections with folks in Israel and and, and other countries as well. So uh, Munich, I've gotten to know people in Munich, and uh, and, and through the Global Shrink Tech Alliance, we've got connectivity to 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 Japan, to um, to Turkey, um, to. Uh, to Israel, to, well, I mentioned Israel, like there's about 15 different countries that are, are, are connected right now through that alliance. And um, and everybody knows Hartford. Um, and and the, the founder of InsurTech LA has actually been a speaker at our events before. Um, the founder of InsurTech New York has actually been um, part, he's actually participated in our events and he helped. Uh, we, in fact, we just partnered with them in an event earlier this year. So. You know, we, Hartford is well known and InsurTech Hartford is well known in our industry across the globe. And I, and I, and I, I'd like to think we've, we've had something to do with that.
0: Very cool. So you, so I'm talking to two people who are in the industry, right? <laughs> You're the ones that are in, in in the thick of it. Um, and I do think it's nice to see one. Ojala kind of went from the opposite side. She went into the industry. You are in the industry. You're kind of coming uh, out of it, or you know, doing activities uh, on the outside of it. So for the layman's, right, for the person that is just kind of like, oh, I have my car insurance. I have my, um, you know, my uh, my health insurance this and that. Like, what are the trends in insurance that are like pushing like the, the urgency to innovate, to create new solutions and new uh, technologies? Like what, what's driving uh, kind of the insurance industry right now?
2: Well, I'd say it starts out with the customer, right? So the demographics um, are, are changing. The more and more of the millennials are the decision makers in the workforce today um, the, the Gen Z's are coming right behind them now. And, um, these are generations of people who probably don't even know how to use a fax machine and, um, they, they don't want to fill out forms and they want to do business at 3am. Right. And, and so everything has to be digital nowadays. And it's not just your personal lines, auto policy. It's your, uh, it's, it's your commercial lines policies and, 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 in 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 your health insurance and you know life insurance people want to have insurance at their fingertips 24 hours a day in the old days which wasn't that far ago right we'll just call the old days things in the in the even even including recent past when you wanted to do anything for insurance you had to go talk to an agent right and um you know a lot of the, the new customers today, they don't want to have to go through that. They just want to pull out an app and be done, pull out a web browser and be done. They, they Some people don't even want to have to talk to people. Now, insurance is a complicated financial thing. Um, and, and I do believe that there will always be a human in the loop part of it uh, because, other than buying the state minimum insurance because that's what you're you're required to do to register an auto, which is maybe how you think when you're young and healthy. But when you start getting older and you start having assets and you start thinking about protection, you start worrying about your family and stuff like that, you start realizing that you need insurance and you need some professional guidance to make the right decisions around that. Um, And so I I think there will always be a, a, a personal aspect to it, but you shouldn't have to call your insurance agent at, 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 or wait till Monday morning at 9am to call your insurance agent because you've decided to, you know, up your policy limit or something, right? So um, I think the, the biggest change is has been in uh, empowering uh, self-service uh, for the customer and, and, and digitizing uh, everything. Ojala, I mean, you're in, in the industry too. Would you I- add anything to that?
3: No, I think, I think that's definitely a big one, right? Um, the customer, as we see, not just in insurance, I think we see this across the board in any industry, customers, consumers are what drive the, the changes that we see, the new technologies, the new startups, um, every successful startup out there, and including the, the insure techs that are um, kind of shaking up our industry, right? Are successful because they are finding ways to better serve the customer. Um, you know, they, they might not have, uh, you know, you, you look at the kind of lemonades of the world, they still haven't really figured out how to be really profitable companies. Um, but they really figured out how to serve the customer. Right. And you see the value, literally the financial value, as you see with the valuations of some of these companies, um, being more heavier on the, like, how are, you know, how many customers do you have and how much does your customer like what you bring to them? Um, so it's it's interesting to see how that's really shaking up the kind of maybe the old school approach, especially when you think about insurance, right? Insurance is all about risk. And the, the better you are in managing that risk, the more successful you've traditionally been seen at the company. And we're going from wanting to make sure uh, we're really great at managing risk to Making sure we're yep we're still really great at managing risk, but we have to be really great at serving what the customer and what they want. Um, so that's definitely a, a big driver of the trends. I think self service is, is is a big one, but I think there's a lot of innovation coming into um, you know products and services across all insurance industries. I mean, I'm I'm on the PNC side, but I think across the board you're seeing needs for more nimble products, more customized products to someone's needs. You're seeing the changes in um, how people live affecting the types of products that they want, right? May that be on the healthcare side or may that be on the property side. Um, If you're seeing Gen Z not driving a bunch or if their way of getting around is electric scooters and bikes and they don't wanna buy a car, all of a sudden you gotta think about like, okay, well, if, if we're not selling auto insurance to them, like what can we sell to them, right? Um, and we're seeing those types of changes in in other places as well.
0: Listen, when I was in Austin uh like a year and a half ago and I was zipping around on on those scooters, <laughs> we could totally see just be like, all right, listen, I'll take a $10 insurance, you know, kind of policy on my scooter ride just in case like, I get hit by a car. I mean, it was it was wild and dangerous, like you know. So <laughs> I mean and it's continuing to but grow, right.
3: right? We've we've got scooters coming in Hartford, uh, I think at the end of this month, which is pretty exciting. Yes.
0: Oh, do you really? What uh what company is that?
3: Um, oh man, I should know this. I I will I will find it and and confirm it before the end of the podcast.
0: <laughs> I I, uh, I just got an email from Bird saying that I could buy their buy one of their scooters. <laughs> They're like, we're trying to get rid, you know get rid of some of them, but uh, but you're right. And I mean that that's the other thing too is that you know like. The abundance of information right now, I assume that's also kind of playing a role in this, and in, in the sense of the consumer side of it, it's like I don't need an agent to walk me through the numbers. Just show me the numbers, and I can I can run some sort of you know calculation in my head and, and pick between the different policies. I mean, don't get me wrong, I definitely probably have not read all of the insurance kind of uh, disclaimers that come you know come through. Uh, so I don't know the whole thing. Does, It'd be nice. and, and I do have an insurance agent for my for my business and stuff. It's like I call them up. Can you just explain this one thing to me? Come on. Um, uh, but again, you, like you said, it's it's one of those things where the consumers are saying, "I need a different experience," right? And that's what's driving the change.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Biggest thing, and efficiencies. I mean, there are technologies that are enabling efficiencies, and you start getting into IoT devices and the availability of new data to create new products from. Yeah, that that is a um, that is another driver
0: i guess Mm -hmm. yeah so 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 the the
3: the, just so you guys know the scooter company is called uh link so you'll see some pretty awesome link scooters around hartford uh just in time for a hopefully post-pandemic uh season this summer
0: oh those seem pretty big actually
3: yeah, that's pretty cool. Speaking post pandemic, um, so Stacey, you know, you, you hinted at this earlier. Like you'll you'll wait for us to ask you know, what <laughs> what the pandemic has done for you. Um, but but really, you know, I, I think we've all been impacted by it. We've all gone virtual. Um, so we know, and I'm sure, you know, sure Tech Hartford's events have all gone virtual and you you probably miss seeing the people and having those in person conversations. But I want to hear about like what's been the positives. Of, of like being virtual for
2: InterTech Hartford? I'd say the biggest positive has been the, the growth um, that we've experienced and the, the exposure that we've gained. So the innovation challenge, when we were putting that together for 2020, we were planning a 200 person seat event at the uh, University of Hartford uh, for the finals. And when we did the event in 2020 online, we had 599 people, so it gave us a, a lot a, a lot bigger scale um, because we were able to start promoting it and reaching beyond the boundaries of of the of the city and the region of Hartford, and um, and so yeah, it's just I, I'd say that's been the, the biggest uh, positive for us has just been in, in, even increased in engagement and uh, in attendance for the the events and the activities that we do.
0: Now, has there been any assumptions like, you know, business assumptions that have changed uh, uh, or you've altered or doubled down on because of COVID?
2: Well, I'll tell you, it was really hard at first um, to just figure out which technologies to use for what, because there's so many technologies out there. And, um, you know, but now we've kind of narrowed it down to. Uh, you know, a couple things that we like to use and and have gotten good feedback on. We experimented a lot. And I'd say like, that was something that, you know, that took a lot to learn from. Um, But, you know, now we, we, we know that people need networking, even though it's an online event. And, um, you you know, so we've got a good platform for that now. And, um, you know, the, the content side, you know, we've, we, 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 we developed a relationship in working with a production company so that we have real professional content. It's not just a Zoom camera in everyone's face, right? And, um, you know, it's, in, and so we've, we've managed to put together a, um, you know, we've managed to put together a bunch of, of, uh, of, of tools and methods that we didn't think about and we didn't need in the past, right? When everything was in person.
0: Yeah, it's actually been interesting to see, and I think people are coming onto it now. So, I, again, we've all uh, uh, played around with some sort of different platform at some different level. Some, you know, uh, and it's and it's interesting to see all the people coming out now. It's been like, okay, you can take Zoom plus a free Slack plus a, or a Discord in this, and I can cobble it together. I don't have to pay the big uh, fees. So, it's uh, it's been interesting to uh, to see how people have uh, adjusted to it um, and so forth. But uh, but yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, Jal, you were uh, uh, you were saying something about kind of the uh, the gaps in the ecosystem.
3: Yeah. So, you know, there's been a lot of development in the ecosystem over the last uh, you know five six years now, since 2015, since the Hartford started, since a lot of the um, tech Hub activity started. Um, we've seen tremendous growth in terms of activity, in terms of events, and recognition and visibility. Um, but I think we've still got, you know, there's always room for improvement. There's more that we can do um, and there's more we can do to support the continuation of the growth of the ecosystem as well. So Stacey, curious from, from, you know, where you sit, what do you think are some of the, the biggest gaps or opportunity areas that we've got to really continue building up this ecosystem?
2: I think the the, the biggest gap is, is engaging the entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and, and making sure that they get both um, good problems to, to be solved, right, and, and good partners to collaborate with on that, and, uh, and then the other side of it is making sure that they have the resources to be successful. You know, um, I, I, I think the biggest challenge with Hartford, we've had a lot of great activity over the last few years, and, and um, a lot of companies have come through, um, but the, big, the biggest challenge still lies in that, you know, People, want, people are in business to make money and we've yet to see really any breakout companies, you know, really making, uh, making big bucks, um, you know, out of the ecosystem. So we, we've got to figure out how to, how, to, how to crack that nut and how to get people um, to, to be profitable for operating their business here. Now it's counterintuitive because, you know, you go to New York and uh, everything is, you know, 3X expensive, uh, to do business out there and Hartford has all this ripe, um, um, ecosystem and, 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 and yet we're, 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 we're still seeing that the the companies here are, are struggling to get the, 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 big deals and, um, and, you know, I, I think there's a lot of decision makers that are in our region and, um, you know, we, if, if there's a way to, to influence those decisions to, to, to spend local, um, that, that, that can go a long way. But I, I, I think the, the, the biggest gaps are, you know, making Hartford, come around, making Hartford a place to make money, because it's already a great place to work. It's already a great place to live. It's already a great place to do business. Um, um, we just need to make it a great place to make money.
0: That, that's an interesting kind of a, a take because again, you mostly hear we don't there's not enough money in uh, for investment, right? There's not none of that kind of stuff, but you're you're almost more saying that it's like we need to are these companies to either get more customers and, and profitable customers you know have a good li- you know uh, lifetime value, or you need to have these these kind of decision makers creating these deals that can really help launch these companies. Right. I mean, that's the, and that, that's good. That's what's interesting about YouTube being in the industry and kind of doing stuff on in the startup scene is like, yeah, you know, we can be a conduit into some of these bigger uh, companies to make these deals that could maybe lead to an MA or just lead to a long lasting, um, you know, relationship.
2: And it's hard because I, I see both sides of it. And as, as Ojala probably does as well, right. Where, you know, I don't get to just pick up a startup and then, you know, go give them a million dollars. Right. <laughs> I wish, but no, it doesn't work that way. Right. So I know what it's like to have to make a business case and and to get an investment and in stuff when you're, when you're in a corporate. So, um, but I'd say that's, that's the biggest challenge that, you know, we've got to figure out how to overcome. And I think there's something we can do to collaborate on making it easier as well. Um, you know, everybody has their onboarding process and, you know, contracting and, you know, background checks and, um, all, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe if there was anything we could do in our community, we, maybe we could come up with some kind of fast track process, uh, for, for, for startups that wanna do business with companies in Hartford, the Hartford local companies have a fast track way to do business with them, right? Like that could be a differentiator because it leads to faster revenues, right? And- Almost um, like a sandbox,
3: right, Stacey? Like uh, creating
2: creating like
3: a place where you don't have to worry about the, you know, the the corporate- Kind of rules and regulations that we all have, and 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 again, they're different from one to the other, but overarchingly similar. Um, but yeah, I th- I think I, I don't I agree with you. It it can definitely slow things down, um, and and maybe not move at the speed of startup. Uh, but it would be cool if we had a way to just like, not have to spend so much time to get through those hurdles.
0: Making deal flow easier is always a good thing, no matter what, whether it's the consumer or like, you know, the B2B or the B2C. So, um, yeah, so, so for sure. Um, and and uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't think you're the only uh, kind of industry that says that. Um, I think there's a lot of, um, uh, benefit for corporate partners to, you know, accelerate deal flow and accelerate pilots. I mean, again, in the insurance industry, I'd assume that doing a pilot is a big thing. Like you, you gotta, you gotta get a, a group of customers in, you gotta make sure that you can de-risk them and, and, you know, again, sure that you can make money. So, um, to, to be able to get these pilots off the ground, uh, faster and quicker. Again, that could be one of the one of the other competitive advantages of Hartford uh, going forward. So, even if you uh, had we'll something
2: move. like the Common App in college, right?
0: What's that? The Common App.
2: The, the Common App in college, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of universities that will accept the Common App. So you fill in the Common App once, oh, and then the you can apply adaptation. to
0: multiple.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so so you know, if you had a Common App kind of concept for you know basically, you know you 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 clear your company and 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 you can quickly onboard with with other companies through a common onboarding process, right? Yeah, anyway, it was right. just something that I've thought about it in the past. I wouldn't say I just made it up on this call, but I hadn't thought about it in a while, but since you asked the question,
0: <laughs> well, listen, there's a uh there's some people on this call that can maybe, uh, you know, kind of, uh, push that idea forward. So I'm just saying, you know, I, you, know you got, you guys are <laughs> in the thick of it, but um. <laughs> Thank, so, thanks um, Eric.
3: Thanks for just, uh, you know, literally dropping the work? mic and just being like, all right, see ya. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you guys go, go do it. Um, very cool. Well, well, Stacy, I mean, you're, uh, like I said, um, it's been fascinating to watch kind of the rise of, of all the activity in, in Hartford around insurance. You've definitely been a part of it. Um, been, been It's really good to see and, and hear somebody saying, listen, I have the day job. I wanted to be a part of something bigger, and I went out and created that because it wasn't there. So I think that um, if people can kind of take something from this podcast, um, that's one thing that you can do. Just because you're you're in the bureaucracy of a corporation doesn't mean you can have a, a real impact on a startup ecosystem uh, and help kind of further it along. So um, definitely, uh, definitely, kind of thumbs up on 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 that um and so you know kind of we're going to be wrapping it up uh, uh soon so what's on the horizon i know you mentioned the um uh the pitch day the the demo day that you're going to be having in in june um so what else is kind of happening uh you know in the next uh, few months for in short harford
2: yeah that event in june um we will have an actual pitch event where we'll just bring in startups that that's our currently planned to be our first live in person event of 2021 we um we're looking to do that in september um, right right after um, labor day and then in um, in december we'll have sorry october rather in october 26 and 27 we'll have the uh insurtech hartford symposium and we'll 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 bring together hundreds of, of insurance professionals and technology executives and 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 just have a really good informational uh a really good time learning from uh, from each other and learning from some expert speakers as well as great networking and we' we'll, we'll even probably throw in a little entertainment.
0: Well, thats always, it's always good to entertain people while uh, while also feeding them and pumping them full of other ideas to, to go uh, <laughs> go to explore. Um, very cool. And so where can people go and learn more about InsureTech Tech Hartford?
2: Well, our website is Insuretechhartford.com. And that's really the best way, but we're, we also have uh, a presence on all, all of your favorite social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, and, uh, and Twitter, and Instagram being the, the, the most prevalent ones. There is a meetup group on meetup.com as well. So there's a lot of ways to, uh, to, to find out more and, um, and, and to stay in the loop on anything else that's that's coming on.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you very much, Stacey. We do appreciate it. Um, And uh, I know that Ojala is going to be putting some more stuff um, uh, together around insurance and and all that other kind of stuff. And obviously, you're going to be right in the loop on all that. And uh, we do really appreciate it. Um, And uh, yeah, so thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: When starting a podcast, one step in the journey is landing a sponsorship. And in 2021, CT Startup is thankful to have two sponsors. One of those sponsors is Connecticut Innovations, or as some people know it, CI, an organization that has been a key player in turning Connecticut into a hub for innovation. In 2020, Bloomberg ranked Connecticut as the fourth most innovative economy in the country, and CI is one of those organizations here in Connecticut that can take credit for that ranking. CI is Connecticut's strategic venture capital arm and is the leading source of financing and ongoing support for innovative, growing companies. By offering equity investments, strategic guidance, and introductions to valuable partners, they are enabling promising businesses to thrive. For more information on how Connecticut Innovations can work with your company, please visit their website, www.ctinnovations.com. Thank you for listening to CT Startup more connecticut startup news information and events can be found at ctstartup.com the weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from itunes google play stitcher and ctstartup.com see you next week